Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware dot com slash deals that's alienware.com slash deals from ufos to psychic powers and government conspiracies history is riddled with unexplained events you can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is the top of the week, and we are going global with some strange news. Of course, uh, ever since we started this weekly segment, things have only become stranger, curiouser and curiouser. Uh, this week, let's see, we're going to Utah. We're going to, uh, we're, we're going a little international with uh, an ongoing, an ongoing debacle related to Brazil. And we are going on social media as well. Uh, but maybe we start with a PSA, a little bit of a stuff they don't want you to know, Steve Brule style for your health. Got some sweet berry wine. <laughs> Check no. it out. Uh, so, well, first of all, if your flight was delayed this morning, apologies, everyone. Globally. Was it you? Did you do that? <laughs> no, FAA has some warnings ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the FAA's notice to air missions system. And it went out and it caused massive delays globally. Uh, that's the thing that, you know, lets pilots fly and land safely, do all the things that they need to do. So uh, there, there, there was whispers of like, maybe it was an attack and maybe wasn't. I think it wasn't right. It was just like a good old fashioned outage or, or internal screw up. Well, it's uh, it's something that's on people's minds, right? Because electronic 
attacks, especially on legacy systems, are only going to become increasingly common. We had some had some folks write in, uh, particularly uh, Eli, shout out to you, uh, asking whether or not this was a Russian attack. And if so, would Uncle Sam say anything about it? Honestly, if there's hard proof, someone probably would have said something, right? That's that's the nature of of the context now, but we are looking at a possible nationwide air grounding, which is very very rare. Well, it was yeah, it was grounded for a bit this morning as we record right, this on Wednesday, January eleventh. Yeah, but it could occur again if that spe- if that particular system is targeted. Let's say, but we don't have enough information yet because it just happened, and I don't even know if anybody would be out there yelling about it yet you know they're like well we need to investigate and then it would be oh yeah it was definitely iraq again we need to go back no i'm just joking hopefully that doesn't happen iraq famously hate planes right right. um so okay but this this is a the real psa for today if you were on one of those flights maybe recently and uh you ended up landing and then sometime later that week after you arrived wherever you live and you had a respiratory infection and you're like okay let's test for covid oh wait it's not covid let's test for flu oh it's not flu let's test what else can we test for what could it be well there might be something that you're dealing with depending on where you visited within the united states and it's a it's a weird thing. It's something that I was unaware of until I really started looking into this. Uh, but it could be a fungal infection within your lungs. Mm-hmm. It's not likely. Look, we're not going to be the WebMD of podcasts here and uh, make you think <laughs> any, any, old, <laughs> any little cough you got is a fungal mm-hmm. infection. But WebMD, it's cancer. Exactly. That's but, their tagline. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just a kind of a warning, I guess, to everybody. It's a possibility, uh, and it's a type of infection that, at least according to a couple of recent, I guess their stories, more like announcements, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's an infection that may go misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for a while. So the first thing you need to know is that if you are experiencing one of these infections, it's the kind of thing that you've got a persistent cough and it just goes on and on and on. It won't go away. And we're not talking about for a week. We're talking about for weeks, maybe even months. Um, That's when you probably would realize, oh, there's something else going on here. Um, And that's when you should at least think about talking to your doctor or shaman or whoever you use for medical purposes. Uh, Talk to that person about a fungal infection. (laughs) Hopefully a doctor. Uh, Okay, so... So let's jump into this story. The title is uh, Fungi or Fungi that cause serious lung infections are now found throughout the U.S. Doctors should be on the lookout for the organisms, researchers say. It's coming to us from Science News, uh, you know, who touts that they are independent journalism since 1921. This is speaking about three specific types of fungus that can cause infection within the human lung. Not that exciting, but the big the big deal here is the, that the fungi that exist within the soil in certain regions of the United States, uh, for some of them, we're talking about just the southeastern United States, so kind of the coast of California going down into Texas. What's the what's the handle of Texas called? The little peninsula Pan, thing? Oh, God, no, that's Florida. It, it's Pan, not Florida. 
Ah, uh, yeah, it's Florida. Maybe it's the both. Gulf I don't know. Coast? The tip of third Texas. coast in hip hop. <laughs> <Goes, laughs> there you go. Goes on down to the third coast. And in that area, in the soil, at least along that coastal region there, there's this thing that's a lot of fun to say, you guys. Here we go. We're all going to learn this together. Uh, all right. It's coxadioides. 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 Uh, yes, <laughs> it's a type of fungi that can be infectious for the lungs of a human. It's in the soil. So if you're out there working on the soil and you're not covering your face, you're not uh, protecting yourself the way you know many of us do now to protect ourselves against COVID or whatever other respiratory disease, you can get this stuff in your lungs and it can be a horrible experience. Um, it is not always deadly, but it can be deadly because it can spread to the point where it, um, there's no real operation there, hmm. you know, there are ways to treat these kinds of infections, but they aren't, it's not like you can just take regular antibiotics and get rid of this stuff. So these are like airborne spores essentially, or yeah, it's, it's, that's the way they get into your lungs, right? Uh, okay. the, the spores are, are released as you're working soil. Think about it that way as those particles are being released. It goes into your lungs. Then it just starts to, uh, oh, what do they call I watched a couple of, of really dry medical videos on YouTube that are meant Love to it. educate you know, students who are actually mm-hmm. learning this stuff. And then they're going to take mm-hmm. tests and then diagnose people. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you, can, you can see slides of this type of fungus and how it creates these really interesting sphere, sphericals or spherules that have a bunch of these tiny little it's they're not the spores but they're sporocytes i think that's how you'd say it they're inside that thing and then they burst open with more of these things and they create the spherules they burst open and you just see how the infection spreads and um Mm. super creepy stuff and it can really wreak havoc on your lungs it's kind of like uh, it's the same mechanism for uh, for delivery uh, as in the game series of The Last of Us. Um, you'll see the actual spores floating around and you know that you're in a bad area when you see the little guys kind of like floating around like dandelion dust. And if, if you're in an area where you with human eyes can literally see spores of any sort, folks, GTFO. Yes. Uh, get out. Uh, and to quote Jordan Peele, but Matt, I have a, I have a question here too. Uh, is part of the problem here that a lot of the initial symptoms could be so easily confused with other more familiar things, right? Especially like the in a time cold flu. Yeah, a hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, w- was watching a video earlier on a woman who experienced histoplasmosis. I think is how you would say it. It's histoplasma, which is mm-hmm. common in the dirt. If you imagine a map of the United States and you kind of look at Ohio um, and then kind of make a big circle in the center of the United States there and kind of move it down again towards Texas and out towards like D.C., New York and and that area, that whole area, the soil there has the potential to carry histoplasma. It's often found in dirt that has constant bird droppings within it and or bat droppings. Look. Mm. Kind of gross, but like if you got she, this person in particular, I watched a video on, she bought property that used to be a turkey farm and it was just within the soil. And as she re, uh, she got some work done on her house and her back garden. And that's how she ended up getting it. We also know that bird and bat droppings are, are used as fertilizer in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are really, those, that's that, that would be really fertile soil. So that would not be uncommon, you know, for that mm-hmm. stuff to be mixed in, you know, with uh, agriculturally tilled soil. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and within that video, she states her symptoms that she experienced for several months. Okay, so not just for a little bit, and they were very similar, as you said, Ben, to other upper respiratory infections: uh, a cough that wouldn't go away, pretty constant headache, low grade fever, so not like one hundred two or something, but we're talking ninety nine, around maybe a hundred, uh, constant fatigue, wheezing, and shortness of breath. And I don't know about you guys, but that sounds an awful lot like symptoms of COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I'm almost not positive anymore, guys. Uh, <laughs> I get it once every January. We're going to just keep doing this. Well, I that's think. just going to be the new way, it seems. But I mean, what I was, was getting at earlier, too, and, and I think, uh, Ben, you, you had a similar perspective, is at a time now where it's like anything remotely resembling covid is going to be the suspicion will be that it's COVID first and foremost, mm-hmm. you know, we're in this, what is it like a, like a triumvirate kind of a pandemic right now or a tridemic or whatever, where the RSV is a sim is a thing that has a, is, is much more common now. Uh, and it has very similar symptoms to COVID. So let's just throw in a weird fungus in there in the mix. And this is like some Dr. House MD type stuff to even discover that this was what was going on. I want to know more about, you know, the, the, the detective work that went into figuring this out. Agreed. That's like the plot twist in the third act of a house episode. You know, he, he curmudgeonly tells someone that uh, you don't have to worry about the flu. Oh, no, you're sick. But you're sick with the fungus. Yes. <laughs> and we've talked in the past about how, how amazing fungus is as a life form. It, it, um, it's one of the most successful and most likely candidates for extraterrestrial life if you go beyond microbes and bacteria. Uh, and it's easy to forget, you know, how how amazing this stuff is at getting into places, including the human body. And with that, you know, Noel, I think you asked one of the um, million dollar questions here, which is, yeah, how did they how did they find it? Because looking at some of the excellent sources uh, you point us to here, Matt, these things were known entities. These are not surprising new life forms, but there's been some kind of sea change or paradigm shift that helps medical experts redefine the problem and the territory, mm-hmm. frankly, if we're speaking of it as a living thing. Well, yeah. So here's the major problem. If you're going to diagnose this, often you have to take a look at somebody's cells, like get a sample and actually look at it and see them. You have to see those spherules or I was talking about the, you have to identify the fungi. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> and often medical professionals, by the way, if you are a medical professional, I'm completely wrong here. Please call me out. Or if you have better information, please call in or write to us. Um, But my understanding is that there were distribution maps that were generated in the 1950s. There's one in particular that I think points to 1955 when there was Mm -hmm. a pretty large scale study and maps were drawn to show the distribution of these soils containing these fungi. And so if you are a medical professional like a GP who's constantly seeing people in, let's say, in Georgia – you may not even think about looking for these types of fungi within a patient's respiratory system because you don't exist within the areas where that fungi should exist within the soil, right? You They're not in range. You, yeah. or at least you wouldn't do it unless it was a, you know, a special case. You wouldn't immediately mm-hmm. check for it. 
And the problem now is that those older distribution maps don't properly represent where the soil exists, where the infections are occurring at a higher rate. And the other problem is that we, uh, we, science is unsure whether or not those distribution maps, the newer ones that show, in this case, histoplasmosis cases as being all across the board where humans live in great quantities, um, is that because people are traveling to areas where histoplasmosis is more likely and then coming back home mm-hmm. and then they have it there and that's where the case is identified? Let's say traveling from Ohio to uh, Alabama is mm-hmm. the, is when when that person gets back to Alabama and they get a case is it known by the medical professional if it was if that person picked it up in Ohio um there's lots of questions here basically but the headline is that these cases are happening across the board now within the United States of multiple different fungal infections and the yeah and I love that you're outlining some of the questions we have to use to look at this the the travel thing makes a lot of sense uh you mentioned at the top that there are three big uh three big types of fungus right mm-hmm. types of fungal infections that are being reconsidered in terms of infection uh in at least one case it looks like we can trace human-to-human infection for blastomycosis. Because if you look at the updated maps, you see that the rates tend to be around uh, heavily populated areas of the U.S., but then fungi or fungi are uh, incredibly diverse. So one explanation probably doesn't apply to every single case. Was it always this way and people just have better diagnostic tools now? I mean, are the answers there? Is there a way to prevent infection? I think that's what a lot of people are wondering, right? Yeah, and it's something we're kind of used to now. And I'm sad to say this, guys. Uh, If you're working outside in soil that has this stuff in it or may have this stuff in it, then you wear a mask, a surgical mask, one of those respiratory masks that we're all now used to wearing. Uh, Not all of us. I'm I'm not. I'm still not used to it. Uh, (laughs) You're not used to it? I love it. I think a lot of people look better uh, with two-thirds of their face covered up. That, that's what makes me pro-mask. Uh, actually, I think I look way better with a mask on. I'm like, I got so spoiled by not having to see strangers' mouths. You know what I mean? No, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you got I, a pretty I mouth. <laughs> you got to cover yeah, that thing up. Just the whole point is, it could be a problem if you are experiencing a longer than usual period where you're mm. going through this cough you just can't get rid of. It's something to think about because it could be, you know, a thousand other things. It could sure. be you know, you're developing asthma at a, a later stage in your life, which is a possibility. I have family members that have gone through that. There's all kinds of things that could be going on. Uh, that's why we always say consult with a doctor, somebody mm. who. Not only watched those videos that I just went through today, uh, but did it for years of their life and then sat through, uh, I don't even know how many years <laughs> of a professor at the front of a room describing these things and looking through slides. Go talk to one of those people. Uh, they're pretty cool. And just make sure they are armed with all the information about you. Like, where did you travel? How long have you been experiencing it? Just be open with them. And hopefully if you've got one of these infections, you can get rid of it. Lickety split. Oh, and last thing, Noel, you already kind of spoiled this a little bit, but I'm not mad at you because you were right on with it. As this episode comes out, last night, the first episode of The Last of Us premiered on HBO, and uh, 
Is it good? I'm telling you right now, as a time traveler, I just got done watching it, and I'm Uh super excited about it. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, video game adaptations typically aren't the best, but this is the guy that did Chernobyl. Craig Mazin, um, a really, really talented creator and showrunner. So I Working have Working alongside hopes. the game creators. Right, so, which was, mm. you know, that, those, this is definitely one of those games that's like, you know, uh, plot, heavily plot driven. So I'm interested to see if they change some things up to make it kind of a little more interesting to folks who've played all the games. I hope they do, but very excited about that. I think they spend some time in the pre-infection world. Uh, but like as you said, uh, no spoilers. I think we all love the game, and don't be the last of us to tune into the show. So. Yay! <laughs> so, hey, yay. guess what? Here are some ads. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada yada means uh, you know. Taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we have returned. This is a story that we're going to uh, we're going to paint it as a bit of a mystery, which it technically still is. Uh, and then we're going to go with a likely answer. But fellow conspiracy realist, we want to hear your thoughts now. A lot of our fellow listeners have hit us up on Facebook. Here's where it gets crazy on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, to ask us about something that's been in the news. You see, for a little while now, for a number of years, these strange antenna rigs have been popping up in Utah in kind of inhospitable areas close to Salt Lake City, but not the kind of place where you would just take a walk for fun. And uh, before we start out with this, Matt, Noel, have you all visited Utah? 
uh, yeah, on a quick uh, layover when a flight was canceled or something. And I, just, mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned before, flying into Salt Lake City or over that part of the country, remarkable to behold. It really looks like uh, another planet. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I've flown. Right, yeah. I have flown over it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is why people in the U.S. sometimes call that part of the world flyover country. Yeah. All those liberal elitists in their in their bubbles, ignoring mm. the flyovers. <laughs> These <laughs> coastal elites. Yeah, that's the yeah. word. The coastal elites. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, which is a, a real thing. Coastal elites are a thing. Oh, we've had to deal with them on the show before. But uh, in Utah, which is as as you guys said, a a beautiful picturesque landscape uh you'll you'll see that there are some cultural aspects that are relatively unique in comparison to the other 49 states of the u.s uh utah is the seat the headquarters of the church of latter-day saints uh or jesus christ church of latter-day saints commonly called the mormons by people outside of that belief system And sometimes that becomes a stereotype for Utah. And if you ever visit the area, you will definitely see the cultural stamp of that belief system. And it's not, you know, it's not necessarily bad or anything. It's not like you have to dress a certain way when you are at the Salt Lake City airport or anything like that. But people have historically kept Utah kind of a a world apart, you know, Uh, and Interestingly enough, too, uh, going back to uh, the idea of fungal infection, Matt, at least one of those fungal infection maps shows that Utah is one of the places that doesn't have a particular fungal infection. Wheels within wheels. So let's say you're in Salt Lake City. Let's say you're in Old Brown. Uh, your flight got delayed and you say, I'm going to go explore outside. And you go around outside, maybe you rent a car, maybe go on a hike, you're out in some of those beautiful mountains, and then you see a pretty serious antenna attached to what looks to be a solar panel, hmm. all rigged up to a black box of electronics. What's that about, I say to myself? <laughs> yeah, what's that about, you say to yourself? Uh, for a while, people have been wondering The same thing. And the news really picked up in January. Uh, We we saw a couple of different really enticing but unsupported pieces of speculation. You know, fans of Red Dawn might say, is this a way for spies to communicate? Are these, you know, uh, mini number stations? Which would be cool, but they're not. I, I, (laughs) yeah, I... Because they're just bolted to the ground, right? Or like to the mm-hmm. earth. Right. And unlike a electricity substation, they're not protected by a chain link fence or anything. <laughs> they don't have a chain link fence system to prevent a tiny nothing little, from not happening. <laughs> a tiny little shin high chain link fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they also, uh, they're also not authorized, right? They're using solar panels which typically in the U.S. you're going to have some sort of legal process you have to get involved with, right, to have alternative energy like that. I mean, let's not forget that there are laws in different parts of this country that don't allow people to collect rainwater. So these solar panels are kind of Garia style. They're off the grid. And people are still trying to figure out who built these and why. The number station thing, by the way, 
we couldn't find, that didn't seem to hold any sand or solar power in this case. But we do have a little bit of an answer. And it's an answer that ties into some stuff. Um, it ties into things we wouldn't expect. Something we've been talking about a lot on the, uh, on the show recently, crypto. What? What if, yeah, what if, what if these antenna and their accoutrement are tied in some way to a cryptocurrency? Like they're mining or something? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like, yeah. yeah. Well, mining is, is processing yeah. power, right? Well, right. But there's things that so they, they exist in little, they can't exist in mobile units like that. Like I heard a story in NPR about the first house sold with a crypto mining station built in. And it had to do with a currency that involved like these drone things that were kind of like all spaced throughout a certain area and they could communicate with one another and then relay the, it was specifically mining a particular type of coin that I'm now Mm. forgetting that was sort of spearheaded by the guy that was selling the house and doing the NPR, (laughs) the subject of the NPR piece. But Uh do I too distinctly remember that this was sort of a new thing where every time somebody uses something it 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 mines a little bit of crazy. Is it sort of like that, Ben? I'm I'm really not, not doing a good job of describing it, but that's sort of really rung my bell when you said that. You nailed it. You nailed it. This uh this appears to be a result of something called helium. The yep, helium network. It. Is that's it? You yeah, nailed it. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it really doc, was. It was. Can we get a? It was helium. Ding ding. Yeah, perfect. Well done, man. Yeah. The Helium Network was started in 2013, and the idea is you build a bunch of hotspots that you can deploy throughout a region, uh, and then you will be able to make, <laughs> you know, it's like step one, set up your hotspot, set up your nodes. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Uh, classic internet. Helium got in trouble Back in, last year, back in July of 2022, because they had made some claims about their customers that appear to be not entirely above board. Notably, uh, they said they were working with corporate giants like Salesforce or Lime, and uh, neither company was able to confirm that relationship. There's a great uh, Vice article that came out on January 6th this year by Matthew Galt. Mysterious antenna are appearing in Utah's hills and officials are stumped. And this, uh, in here, this guy's doing some great journalism and notes that people first started clocking these antenna about a year ago, right? And they're relatively simple machines. And the Public Lands Department of Salt Lake City has been pulling them down every time they find them, but someone keeps putting them back up. It's like Toynbee tiles, right? Uh, and that they're pulling them down not because they're like mean people, like that villain in Footloose who is just mad about folks dancing. It's because it's illegal to build structures on public land without permission. And again, these things are like up in the mountains sometimes. They're not something you would happen across. And they said that they didn't have the resources or the staffing to look into what was happening and remove everything. There's one quote from a guy named Tyler Fonero, uh, who is the manager of trails at Salt Lake City. And in this Vice article, 
Tyler says they found these antennas with no distinguishing marks. They were bolted in, this rig was bolted into the stone of the mountain and you needed special tools, right, to remove it. And he said the following, quote, we honestly didn't even open the box. We just wanted it off the hill. Yeah. He's like, I got to do my job. Come on. Ugh. As if crypto bros could be more annoying. Let's just start cluttering up God's majesty with little Wi-Fi bots. Uh, I did find the article that I was referencing from NPR. Is this dude named, uh, let's see, Massey. Uh, he's like a realtor and a crypto enthusiast who you know made a big thing about selling this first house with crypto miner built in. And just, just to, to describe how the helium works, essentially uh, it says... The computer is that box in the closet. It takes the house's Wi-Fi signal and shares it through an antenna to be picked up by all kinds of little smart devices within a few miles range of the house. Uh, things like internet-enabled dog trackers or electric scooters or water sensors for flooding, all the stuff that makes up what people call the Internet of Things. In return for that work of sharing signal, the little computer earns some helium, a cryptocurrency that you can exchange for real dollars. So it, it'll make a couple bucks a day by basically by sharing your Wi-Fi. Um, it, with close range items. Yeah, it, it looks like these. this is where we kind of solve the mystery. Without official confirmation, it looks like these antenna rigs are functioning as repeaters for a wireless network, and you can earn coins, earn helium coins, by maintaining that network. And I, we wanted, I wanted to keep this short so we can just say, here's a neat mystery that is not about the end of the world that is probably solved. So is it a conspiracy? Yes. Someone's trying to conspire to make a buck through crypto. Is it bad? Not necessarily. It's not someone planning a war or being a water thief. I think we can end this one a little bit early and get to our final story in Brazil and Florida. Uh, in just a moment, I think we end on this, you guys. Let's go back to Tyler. I've just, I'm loving this guy's vibe in his interviews. He sums it up this way, talking about the antenna, which are 99% definitely associated with helium, right? Uh, but not officially confirmed. Tyler says the following, as long as it's not dangerous, we don't really care. We just want people to stop doing it so we can get back to taking care of our lands. He's like, I maintain trails. I'm man, Stop making me the antenna guy. Right. I don't want to tear down your stuff. You worked on it. You know what <sighs> I mean? It's like being the person who, said, who has to say, okay, let's take down the Christmas tree. But also stop bolting it to my beautiful mountains and cluttering up my trail with that. You know? And he adds, he adds, look, if someone wanted to put an antenna in the exact same place, for a scientific purpose, we'd probably allow it. He's going, look, guys, I'm cool. I'm not the bad guy here. But you don't have to be mysterious. Just check in. Uh, I, I would venture uh, that there's never been a bad guy named Tyler. I just want to put that out there. Tyler. Don't think it's possible. Tyler. Durden. Damn it. Not a bad guy. Uh, unclear. 
a little bit flawed. <laughs> uh, no spoilers, man. Come on. Okay. For the film <laughs> Fight, for Fight Club. His time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we don't always have to agree on everything. That's why we're friends. Uh, speaking, uh, speaking about checking in, we're going to check in for a word from our sponsors, and we will return with one more piece of strange news. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we've returned with a story of the people, by the people, and for the people. Uh, and by and by that, I, I mean that on, on multiple levels. But I really mean it's a story that all three of us really brought. Um, this is something that we've all been paying attention to. Uh, and that has a lot of correlation with a lot of things going on in our country. How happy social, anniversary. Happy, happy insurrection day to you as well, Ben. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. That is what we're talking about. We're talking about an event um, not in our country that very closely parallels, dare we say, mirrors what happened two years ago today, uh, a essentially a, a insurrection, dare we say, a, an attempted coup on our soil uh, in the United States. And, you know, call that hyperbole if you wish. I personally don't think it is. And I also think that history will not report it as such. I think it was very much a dangerous culmination of a lot of things. Uh, the radical of individuals here in this country uh, brought on in large part by social media and by the ability to spread misinformation, disinformation um, with no checks or balances. Uh, and we are now seeing that happening in other countries. And this event we're talking about in Brazil 
is is very much the result of, of a lot of that as well, in addition to a lot of really hyped up um, rhetoric around kind of othering uh, individuals who maybe are seen as less desirable uh, in, a, in a particular country or within a system, population, what have you, um, and those in power that would seek to further that type of rhetoric, uh, whether it be through their own speeches, the kinds of things they themselves post on social media, and just sort of spreading uh, a usually self-serving um, idea of what is right, what is fair, you know, who deserves to win. Um, oftentimes it will go against the face of what we know to be free and clear elections or uh, whatever it might be or, or, or pre-existing laws. Um, and it's very dangerous. It can really push uh, what, what would be seen as a law-abiding or a lawful country into a, a, a state of lawlessness. Uh, and usually the people that push it that way kind of Tuck tail and run when the time comes to to own up to what they've done or, you know, to, to tell people to go home and, and, and be nice and stop, you know, trying to, to overturn governments um, because you think I, I want you to. Uh, who are we talking about? We're talking about a guy by the name Jair Bolsonaro, the recently defeated president of Brazil. He was defeated in a Democratic election uh, by a, uh, a candidate by the name of Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, um, who is, you know, more, more of a left wing candidate uh, as far as that country's, you know, sense of left wing and right wing go. Uh, Bolsonaro has often been compared to Donald Trump in terms of his rhetoric, his policy and just his personality. Uh very prone to self-aggrandizing bluster and uh, potentially dangerous rhetoric and not necessarily beholden super hardcore to the truth. Um, and he got his people stirred up, uh, much like we saw with the January 6th, 2021 march on the U.S. Capitol uh, and how Trump said, you know, I'll be with you, go march to the, to the Capitol and all that. Uh, but this one was a little different because it happened several months after the election. Um, as opposed to in an effort to overturn the election. So a little unclear as to what the goal was here, um, but it used similar rhetoric and terms like stop the steal and a lot of uh, concern over the idea of rigged ballots and manipulating election results and all of that, which resulted in uh, a lot of uh, organization through apps like uh, Telegram, I believe, uh, which mm -hmm. is like encrypted, you know, end-to-end communication. It's often used for lots of illegal activities from drug dealing to perhaps even, you know, terrorist type conversations to um, organizing, you know, where you don't want to be spied on. Uh, and that is exactly what happened. We already know that there were blockades uh, on October 30th after Bolsonaro was, uh, was, was defeated, uh, blocked major highways across Brazil. And then those eventually turned into these kind of stolen election demonstrations. But, Let's still stop there. Did you guys have anything else to add just about how the event itself mirrors what we saw over here? And then we can kind of get into the social media aspect of it, not to mention what has happened with Bolsonaro himself. I just give you my only understanding. I haven't been keeping up on this as much as you guys, but my understanding was that the latest actions took place almost maybe almost immediately after the inauguration of the new yeah. the incoming. Was it on inauguration the, day, uh, though? 
returning president. Because remember, Lula was president in the past. Yeah, the exactly. Past, right, but not in the previous term. Now, my understanding was that, I mean, there's a, there's a really great article that's sort of the primary reporting on a lot of this is uh, on the Washington Post uh, by Elizabeth uh, Doskin, or Doskin, D-W-O-S-K-I-N. And um, according to her reporting, the inauguration took place last week, um, as we sit here on January 11th, uh, with, with very little incident. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until several weeks later that the online calls for, in, you know, for rising up and violence and all of that began to, to really take hold. And then we've seen the riots taking place just a couple of days ago over the weekend on Sunday. Yeah, there, there's I think there's a larger context is to I'm really glad we're talking about this because uh, what we're seeing is something that has been predicted not by the people you would expect. For a number of years, the rise of right-wing authoritarian governments using using a lot of hidden hand type of money, like I love that you're pointing out the funding question, Noel, about keeping stuff off the grid, uh, not raising too many flags while we get these people on these buses. Uh, Let's also remember there was an attempted coup in Germany. Let's talk about Peru, right? Let's talk about DC. Uh, And when I say not the folks you might expect predicting this sort of stuff for years, they were people that would generally, there there were people on what you would consider the far left, but there were also people on the very far pro fascist right who were predicting this and they were doing it as fanboys. So it's a very strange thing for them to be correct about. So I, I, I think there's a larger mechanism at play. It's bigger than one country. And I don't know what the trend, what the trend is. I mean, depending on how, how it works out, like how is, is Brazil handling this the same way that the U S was, what are they saying? I think uh, former president Donald Trump was in the United States for the entirety of the January 6th events. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, what about this guy? Well, he took off. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. He took off to Florida and and I'm I'm frankly surprised that he wasn't uh, reported, you know, having dinner at Mar-a-Lago with like, you know, Kanye West and Milo Yiannopoulos or something. Um, But he, he was hanging out with uh, an MMA fighter uh, or a former MMA fighter. Jose Aldo? Uh, Yeah, that's right. Uh, Correct. Jose Aldo. Uh, In his home, he he put him up, Bolsonaro. And Ben, you're the first person I saw posting about this. Just like videos of Bolsonaro just listlessly wandering around Publix, which is kind of a Southern thing, I guess I realized. Like Publix is kind (laughs) of a Florida thing. Um, I recently had my first pub sub yesterday. Publix sub. Very, very high quality sandwich. They're not bad, huh? Pretty good. But I don't think I don't think Bolsonaro had a pub sub because he was also seen <laughs> dressed in the same clothes, uh, just ravenously gnawing on some KFC, right? Just <laughs> like, housing it, yeah, housing it for sure. And um, some other, there were a couple other sightings, you know. But um, the thing that I thought was most interesting that the internet kind of took and ran with is that in the home of a former UFC, rather not MMA, UFC fighter Jose Aldo, uh, one of the bedrooms is like entirely minions themed. We can neither confirm nor deny that Bolsonaro slept in that room. It's <laughs> it's you know hard to not imagine that. It's weird too because you know a lot of people, depending on the things that you support or oppose, uh, you may already have a preformed opinion. 
about Bolsonaro. And I have been anti that guy for a minute, just to be honest. And this is just my opinion because I didn't care for his uh, his stance on the Amazon exactly. rainforest. Politics aside, logging, yeah, basically yeah, turning. Yeah. Politics aside, human civilization needs the Amazon to be a thing just for ventilation. Yeah. You forget biodiversity. To breathe, a million it's percent. necessary. And they, you know, obviously, a ton of it is right there, you know, in, in Brazil. And he was very much trying to do away with any protections on it in the interest of, you know, developing it for use, for commercial use, whether it be for resources or who knows how far it could have gone. Also, very much an anti or vaccine skeptic. Uh, quite a bit of a race baiter, you know, really had some some nasty compunctions as a politician. But uh, much like we saw here with, you know, th- this divisive election and, and previous elections, uh, the idea that perhaps social media almost glommed onto this, this algorithm, these algorithms that govern these various social media platforms like Twitter specifically, uh, Facebook, big one, um, you know, and and others. Uh, Now we've got TikTok, uh, which is, you know, more focused at at the kids, but that these uh, algorithms tend to steer people towards rather than away from radicalizing sources. Um, For example, in Brazil, where, you know, Elon Musk recently came out, you know, full support of Brazil, Brazilian democracy and said this is a horrible thing, but also, you know, stripped Brazil's Twitter wing of all the content moderators that could have potentially prevented these kinds of things from happening. So talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit, because when you would type in things like ballot or election, it would like autocomplete to rigged ballot and ah. stolen election. So mm. again, you know, it's a chicken or the egg question, right? Like, as we know how like Google instant results, they're ranked, I guess one would think based on the frequency of people searching for things. So if something's searched for enough, then the algorithm thinks that's right. Or that's like, you know, what, what people want to be searching for. So you can't necessarily say they're doing this on purpose, but they're certainly mm-hmm. not preventing it from happening. True. And then it becomes the argument of uh, the argument of whether social media discourse is a privately owned club that allows members or whether it is a public good. And the answer to that question, both, (laughs) it it always changes depending on what is most convenient for the owners of those platforms. I also want to say just to get in front of some of the emails we're going to get, I also want to say that uh, folks Please don't be, please don't get it twisted. We are also very well aware of the numerous, numerous accusations of corruption in the previous Lula administration. This is not some shining messiah on a hill by Uh, any means. I I think we've always been pretty clear that... I mean, while certain candidates or, 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 or politicians may be more divisive publicly, it's all kind of all the same puppet show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't really think you're getting radical change in one direction or the other, depending on who's sitting in that seat. Uh, that, that's just, I think that's sort of- Are you of, talking about the band One Direction? A million percent. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking, of, speaking of bands, um, yeah. the, I, I don't know, we, we could definitely you know take this in a number of directions, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned that the idea of this type of thing has been predicted um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it's this specifically in Brazil, what's happened here in America, or just in general, it has been. But 
Here's a good take from someone you might not expect from 1986 from an uh, episode of Crossfire on a debate on censorship. The musician and thinker and uh, just absolute kind of, you know, um, renaissance man, Frank Zappa, had this to say. The biggest threat to America today in 1986 is not communism. It's moving America towards a fascist theocracy. And everything that's happened during the Reagan administration is steering us right down that pipe. I really think that when you have a government that prefers a certain moral code derived from a certain religion, and that moral code turns into legislation to suit one certain religious point of view, and if that code happens to be very, very right wing, almost toward Attila the Hun. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, I think that's a pretty interesting take. And Zappa oh, yeah. was a divisive figure in and of himself. But sure. I mean, he did have some really interesting predictions about the music business, about, you know, the, the nature mm-hmm. of recording and creativity. And this one, I think, kind of nails it. Guys, I, I hear you, but I really can't get Jared Carmichael's joke about Scientology out of my head. Did you guys oh, hear that? I do love him. Put I love it, his. Put uh, it in everybody's head. Ray Daniel is. <clears throat> no, I'm phenomenal. not going to repeat his joke. I refuse to do it. It was at oh, the, wow. It was at the Golden Globes, and uh-huh. he had so several Golden Globes in his hands. He said they were from a certain actor who is a high-ranking member within Scientology. Oh God! Oh, he returned Which one them. Isn't? You're talking about Mr. C. <laughs> yeah, I, I just he, heard that he returned them. Well, yeah, he did. He returned them, but then because of the controversy with the Hollywood Foreign Press, yeah. Yes, just. but Jared's joke was about well, maybe we can, you know, basically pawn these and uh, use that money to find out where Shelley Miscavige is. Basically, it was a joke about uh, finding a person that yes. might actually potentially be in murdered person <laughs> who, yeah. who who law enforcement says is quote fine, she's fine. Stop asking. They're fine. Look over there. End quote. Right. Okay. I, I gotta be honest. I'm I'm so unplugged from the Golden Globes and the concept of, of celebrity. Oh, I heard one NPR piece covering it and saw a few pictures, but I did see that image and references to Shelly Miscavige jokes. So that's all I know. I heard my, on a positive note, I heard my folks from everything, everywhere, all at once got some shine. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well-deserved, right? People say the Golden Globes are like a precursor to the Oscars, but they've really been mired in, uh, you know, bullshit because of some allegations and justifiably so of racism by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association because of zero members of color and uh, just, you know, Gerard Carmichael literally said, I'm here today because I'm black, um, be- you know, so they, it's very interesting. They can they would even allow that kind of commentary on their own organization to take place. But they kind of have to. They got to take their lumps. You know, this is this is good news because uh, Matt, when you started to set this up, I was worried that you were going to again say, I'm not telling you why I have to go to Brazil, which uh, which is, you know, we don't want to pry, but hope you had a good. Th- no, he's not in his head. Not going to let that joke fly. I don't have I don't have anything going on right now. No travel. <laughs> OK, so uh, Scientology, you know, we should we should do an update on that, especially on the Miscavige situation. Because it is it is strange, is it not? Well, because they can't find uh, David either right now. The, there's several people right. trying to serve him, and they're unable to do Subpoenas, it. Subpoenas, <laughs> and and also uh, Masterson just had a mistrial mm-hmm. in those sexual assault cases, right? Uh, ooh, okay. So this is a good teaser for us. Well, folks. I just want to ask the most important yeah. question that no one's talking about: Where is Ja Rule? 
Where is John? I need someone to make sense of <laughs> he this. He would have something to say about all this. Where is John? <laughs> and with that, that's a perfect ender. With that, we are going to uh, call it uh, a day, a sunrise or a sunset, depending on your schedule of torpor. Uh, we can't wait to hear your thoughts, what's going on in Utah, what's your take on fungal infections, and perhaps most importantly, let us know uh, what you think about the story you were bringing, Noel, regarding Bolsonaro uh, traveling outside of his own country amid what could only be a coup attempt. He's uh, also not well. Bolsonaro is notoriously a bit sickly, and mm. apparently that KFC didn't do him any favors. So uh, they are saying he's probably going to be returning back to Brazil mm. sooner than later to get like medical treatment. Right, he was hospitalized, Ill. right, for right. abdominal pain. So we want to hear your take on all things uh, global and local. Also, a special shout out to a uh, friend of the show and all hip-hop fans, uh, Stickman of Dead Prez, uh, who recently experienced some catastrophic flooding. Uh, oh, really? But is, yeah, but is... Uh, doing well from what we can tell. Uh, so pop on over, show your support for prescient smart music and shout out to Frank Zappa. That's beautiful that we got a Zappa shout out today. Noel, I think that quote is prescient as well. Uh, and maybe we can hear more from our fellow conspiracy realists. You're shaking your uh, AirPods earbuds right now and you're saying, I got thoughts. How do I reach you? We don't know. Oh, well, there's a myriad of ways <laughs> to do that thing. Uh, reach us. Uh, you can find us on the internet where we are Conspiracy Stuff on numerous platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Conspiracy Stuff is what we are on Instagram. Lots of fun stuff popping off there uh, on the regular. If you don't like social media, just climb a mountain, about 2,000 feet will do, and just stick down one of them helium things, you know, you'll see it, it's got mm -hmm. an antenna, and uh, just wait around there for a while, a couple months, you'll make $5, and at that point, we will call you back. No, just kidding, you can call our number, it's one eight three three stdwytk when you call in, you've got three minutes, give yourself a cool nickname, and, you know, say whatever you want. Uh, just you got to do it in three minutes if you got more to say than can fit in that three minutes instead shoot us an email we are conspiracy at iheartradio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.